We thank Anchor for making this podcast possible. For all your recording needs, go to Anchor with Spotify. Anchor has helped us record, do a recording studio where we can record even when we're separated, and a whole lot of more really, really cool things. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. We've been away for a while. I feel like I'm getting used to saying that, but that's mostly my fault because I deleted one of the episodes that we were going to post and it was just a whole mess. We're really sorry about that. That was a great episode and I'm pretty sure everyone would have loved it, but the past is a past. And so now we move on. Um, to what's happening now and the Mariners just came off of a series sweep against the Arizona Diamondbacks which was really a must sweep because the Diamondbacks are the worst team in the National League um especially with and today was a must win game because all the teams that we wanted to lose Tampa Bay Houston the Yankees Boston and Oakland they all lost today, and so we gained one game of ground everywhere in that aspect. So we're three games back of the wild card spot and five games back of Houston for first place in the division, which is kind of crazy to think about, especially since most predictions at the beginning of the season this year were the Mariners weren't weren't supposed to get much more than 70, 75 wins. And here we are at number 75 win, the 75th win, 13 games above 500, 22 games until we get eliminated from the wild card, which if we, and we have a huge series coming up against Boston. So if we can, maybe narrow that wild card elimination down. Well, we don't want to narrow that number down. We want to um, get rid of that number in general. So that, because with that number gone, that would mean we were in, we're in the wild card spot. Um, and this Mariners season has been a roller coaster and, so many surprises, so many different ways you could put it. And I have come down to a way with each month of the season, I have found a song that goes with it. So for April, the first song, the song of April is the theme from Greatest American Hero by Joe Scarberry. Most of you probably know it as, um, believe it or not, I'm walking on air or something like that. <laughs> so the first part kind of sums up. The Mariners were hot in April. We weren't world beaters, but we were better than anyone expected us to be in April. And everyone was saying, okay, Right now, they're walking on air, but then they're going to fall down back down to earth like we saw in the 2019 season. So the first verse is, look at what's happened to me. I can't believe it myself. Suddenly, I'm on top of the world. It should have been somebody else. Now, this could also go for the Giants. They're really good. The Dodgers have caught up to them, but the Dodger, I mean, the Giants were supposed to be a mediocre team at best, but they, for most of the season, they have been the best team in baseball. And then they go into the chorus, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought it would feel so free. Um, this next line, I really like flying away on a wing and a prayer. That's 
that line has been that that line right there could sum up the whole Mariners season because it feels like with all their one run games, all their extra inning wins, that they have been flying on a prayer. And so later that month, like, we beat Houston, and then we went into the month of May, where we went down to Houston. We were still relatively hot, and then we lost the series. The last game of the season – series for that one was good but so that leads me to if you're going to play in Texas by Alabama so it's about like so the the course is if you're going to play in Texas you got to have a film the band so the first verse says I remember down in Houston we were putting on a show when a cowboy in the back stood up and yelled, Cotton-Eyed Joe. And that's kind of what the Astros did. They So the next line says, we love what you're doing. Boys, don't get us wrong. There's just something missing in your song. Um, that's kind of what the Astros did. They politely said to the Mariners, hey, you're going to be great, but not right now. Um, and then I do believe that we went to, we played against the Texas Rangers next. And the next verse is, so we dusted off our boots and put our cowboy hats on straight. Then them Texans raised the roof when Jeff, Jeff opened up his case. That was right when Mitch Hanniger started getting hot. Um, the Texans weren't raising the roof. Mariners fans were, but we were doing it against Texas, I believe. May has a few songs. Um, so May's second song is, and really this one sums up all of May. I think this is the best song for May. Um, it's Build Me Up Buttercup by The Foundations. That one goes, why do you build me up buttercup, baby, just to let me down? And that's, that line right there is pretty much, pretty much what May was. We would win three games and we would lose five, win five, lose three, Everyone would get excited just to be let down again. We had COVID in May. We lost a bunch of our core players. It Every time it looks like we were going in the right direction, we went down. We started losing a bunch of games, and then I was like, okay, yep, here it is. Rebuilding season. We're not going to win today. And then we win more games, and then we're like, oh, yay. Um, And so for June, we were actually pretty decent. We were around 500 all of June, and so... The song for June sums up the rest of the season as well, but it can also be um, the June song. So it's Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Mm. Um, The chorus, it really sums sums it up June is the halfway point so we're halfway there living on a prayer and then 
I really like this line because it shows how, like, it's perfect on how t- close-knit, tight-knit the Mariner's Clubhouse is. And the next line says, take my hand, we'll make it, I swear. It, like, everyone builds each other up. Everyone believes in one another, and that's why we can... That's why I think we have a really good chance to make it to the playoffs. And the first verse coming off of a tough May. So this is kind of a bit of a stretch, but it's Tommy used to work on the docks. Union's been on strike. He's down on his luck. It's tough, so tough. So we were, May was tough, so tough. And then we started getting hot. And really the start of that was when we start, the start of that was against the Tampa Bay Rays when we swept them in four games. Um, and then July, we got really hot. We went on a whole bunch of series. Win- we went on a long series win streak. And so I have two songs for July. The first one is You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. And that kind of speaks for itself because we were hot and you couldn't touch us. And then the trade trade deadline came right near the end. And the Mariners traded away one of their best players, Kendall Graveman, for, at the time, a young second base, third baseman who was batting 212 and a 37-year-old reliever who had an ERA of 7.16. And... Let's just say the clubhouse wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And I think they lost their will to win for a little bit there. And then I'm pretty sure the leaders in the clubhouse, Kyle Seeger, Mitch Haniger, they were like, hey, this is enough. We got to look at The Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. looking at the looking at yourself instead of Jerry Depoto in this case or what other people were doing and getting frustrated and then the song for August is I'm a believer by the monkeys the um, smash mouth also sang this as um, they redid the song, but the monkeys were the originals who sang it. So the first verse is for anyone that's been a Mariners fan for a long time, this verse really relates to you. So it says, I, I thought love was only true in fairy tales. Um, substitute the word love for playoffs and yes that really resonates with Mariners fans meant for someone else, but not for me. Love was out to get me again, substitute playoffs. That's the way it seemed. Disappointment haunted all my dreams. And that's the way Mariners have felt. The Mariners fans have felt like, yeah, this is good, but it's not going to last because I've been on this boat before. This boat sinks. And do we dare to dream? I say yes. And that's why I chose that song. And then for the last, for the song that sums up the whole season. Um, Believer 
by Imagine Dragons. So it's um the first verse is first things first, I'm a sail on the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. And Kyle Seeger said that in July, like he's ready to go because he's been with the team for 10, 10, 11 years and he's tired of the way that things have been. And then this one resonates to the whole Mariners team. It says, second thing second, don't you tell me what you think that I could be. The Mariners were, everyone said that the Mariners could only be a 70, 75 win team at best. Well, here we are with 20 plus games to go. And we're more than a, we're a 75 win team already. That would be a very bad losing streak to only get to 75, to only to end the season at 75 wins. And we have the Diamondbacks coming up soon. So again, so. Um, then I'm going to skip to the last part of the second, the, the last part of the song. Um, last things last by the grace of the fire and the flames. You're the face of the future. And that could go to anyone on the Mariners except Kyle Seager because he's not the face of the future. He was the face of the future. Kyle Lewis, Ty France, maybe Mitch Haniger. He's on the older side, so maybe not him. Jared Kelnick, Jake Fraley. Put a name on it, and you could make a case for them being the face of the future and the whole chorus of the song is pain. You made me a believer. And that's what Mariners fans have been feeling. Yes, we felt pain, but that's why I'm believing in the Mariners this year. Get out the rye bread and the mustard, Grandma. It is a grand salami time. So it's time for grand salami time, where Andrew asks me four questions representing the four runs scored when a grand salami is hit, much like Dylan Moore's grand slam that put us over the top against the Astros. Take it away. I'm a little scared about how you did that. That was very impressive. Um... I would not take enough time to do that, but, um, first question, I, I'm, I'm taking questions out of the air because I, I did not prepare. When do you think Kyle Seager will retire? Um, probably not this year because he, there are so many options for the Mariners that seem like they could fit to bring him back this year. They have the team option, which statistics have proved that he, despite what Kevin Mather has said, um, he has earned his money in his years here. And that the, the team option next year isn't too much of a stretch for him to come back. Now, that being said, they could also bring him back next year on a one or two year deal because Abraham Toro has done great things at second base. And so you might want him at second base so that you can have Kyle Seeger for the next two years so that when your young prospect, Noel Ve Marte, comes up, he's ready to go and Kyle Seeger can either retire or go out into free agency. The only way that I don't see either of those happening is Kyle Seeger betting on himself that he can make a splash in free agency. The thing this year, though, 
Kyle Seeger's only batting 213, but he has a career high in home runs. And he's coming close to a career high in RBIs. So teams will look at the batting average and say not ideal. So, but I also do think that Kyle Seeger likes it here. So I do think that he'll come back next year or the year after. As for him retiring, I'm, it all depends on what he feels like he has left in the tank because he, he has, he has three kids, I believe, um, young kids. And so he might want to take time and spend with his family, but also you can tell that he loves the game. So maybe he'll stay on for longer it just depends on when he's ready. All right. Um, now, if you ask that question about Tom Brady, I would hope probably like next year. Like now. Um, but uh, uh, my second question was, um, what are the, what are some, some trading moves that, um, Seattle Mariners need to take trading moves trading and free agency moves okay so well I mean like the 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 sorry the uh the trading the trade the trade deadline already passed but uh I mean after the playoffs yeah. in the off season yeah I know what yeah you, I know what you meant um so there are some options in free agency and some that could fill Kyle Seeger's pot if Kyle Se- they don't bring Kyle Seeger back um, or Kyle Seeger walks away. Corey Seeger is a free agent at the end of the season, so maybe you could bring, if Kyle doesn't want to stay, you could bring in Corey to replace him. Um, you definitely want a starting pitcher that will be an asset. Although we do have young prospects who maybe could come up next year, but if we want to contend next year for the division, really, because I think we'll contend for a playoff spot no matter what we do next year. But if we want to contend, contend for the division, we're going to need another, an all-star caliber starting pitcher. Yes, Marco Gonzalez has done well as of late. Yes, Yusei Kikuchi has had, has had the best year of his career this year. Yes, Chris Flexen was a surprise. And yes, Logan Gilbert is a good candidate for Rookie of the Year along with Tyler Anderson being good since coming over. But a defined ace, and a, per, a pitcher who would be an ace through, for any team in the MLB would really help the Mariners pitching staff. And then... Maybe if we're looking at a player in particular, I would say bring James Paxton back. He didn't get a chance to do play with the team this year. His reunion with the team lasted a, to- a grand total of 24 pitches. So, and they've already talked about it. Like, yeah he should come back whether it's with as a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher it, either way he could make an impact and he's making an impact even while sidelined he's helping out the young pitchers Logan Gobert Chris Flexen he's a young pitcher he's 26 
he's helping out those younger guys figure out the things that a veteran knows. Um, another third question, right? Third question, yep. Okay, third question. Um, I, I think I've asked this probably five times. Um, now, do you think they will make the playoffs? Definitely. Um, I know, yes, you have asked this question before, and most of the time it's been like a, I'm not sure yet, it's too early to tell. Yes, they're looking good, but now the way they're just clicking, I mean, yes, it's a little bit concerning that we couldn't put away the Kansas City Royals, but the Kansas City Royals were hot, and if Salvador Perez had stayed in Kansas City, we would have swept them, so, in a four-game series. Mm -hmm. We showed that we can beat the Astros in close games, and we've showed that we can beat the A's. The Red Sox are coming up, as I mentioned earlier, and we won three out of four last time we played them. So we have a good chance to make it to the playoffs, and we have a great chance to control our destiny, especially with the Red Sox. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, be surprised if the Mariners could pull out a division win. As I mentioned earlier, we are only four and a half games back of the Houston Astros, and they're the next team we play. So, two wins that would gain one game, so we would be at three and a half back of the Astros. So, I mean, Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This is probably one of the only times where I actually think they might make the playoffs. Um, but um, all right. Um, if they do make the playoffs, do you think they'll be consistent at it, or just you know be the Mariners? I honestly think that depends. Um. If we get the wild card spot, the Yankees are most likely going to be the team in that spot. They might not be, but they might. So the Yankee and the Yankees have seemed to have our number this year. So I'm kind of worried if we have to play the Yankees. Yeah, but. We've proven we can beat the White Sox. We've proven we can beat Tampa Bay. We've proven we can beat, compete with Houston. And we, we'll see what happens with Boston coming up here soon. We could compete with any team here. And then if somehow by some miracle, like the Mariners have been doing this year, We've proven we can compete with San Francisco. Well, that was the first series of the year. So we should be able to compete with San Francisco. We've proven we compete we can compete with the Dodgers, but once again that was near the beginning of the year. I would hate to play against San Diego. And then Milwaukee and Atlanta, I'm pretty sure we could compete with them as well. All right. So that's the end of Grand Salami time. It took a lot longer than Dylan Moore's 16 seconds to round the bases when he hit the Grand Slam against the Astros. All right, so now... Heading into the hockey side of things, um, the preseason is going to start soon, and so this is what, so in football, the preseason, you're looking for what players 
to keep on your team and what players that you don't want on your team. Is hockey sort of the same thing or is hockey more of seeing how your team competes? Um, this yes. is a warm-up well, question. Um, uh, it's mostly it's mostly the first thing you mentioned, but yeah, both pretty much. Yeah, I I've never really watched preseason hockey. I actually probably have, but I thought it was a regular season game, honestly. Yeah, but I think it'll yeah, be really fine. Cool for the Kraken this year. And so, before I ask a question about them. Let's head into power play. It's time for the power play. So, today we are doing four questions where I ask them and Andrew is literally forced to answer. Kyle Seeger, as we speak, is at his head with a bat. Why is it Kyle Seeger? Okay. Because he hit... 33 home runs this season. And he's ready to make it 34 if need be. Okay. All right. So question one. Most teams are looking for what players will perform and what players won't perform and how their team can compete. But what will the Kraken be looking for as an expansion team? Uh, well, uh, so how their team really mm, works together because uh, a lot of these players have never played with each other and they're from different teams and some of them are not even in the NH- uh, from the NHL. So, yeah. Question two. So most of the games played will actually, I believe all of them, you, the Kraken will play the same teams. So the first time around will be a little bit different than the second time around. How, what changes are you looking for in the second time around against that same team? And play the same. I, I I don't understand. They're gonna play the same teams. They so they play the same. Like they play the oh night the night. division. Yeah. Oh yeah, play. they don't do that anymore. They actually just changed the thing. So uh yeah, everybody's playing against everybody now. Um, the American team's gonna go into Canadian teams. So um yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. So. Mistake. Question two, part two. Huh. How do you think the change to that schedule will impact how? Yeah, the- some of the players. Well, uh, I don't. I think the only yeah, all, the only player I can think of who's who this would be second year is Kale Flurry, but I think he'll do just fine. Um, but I mean, it is hard for, uh, it, especially if it's your first NHL year, if you're playing just Canadian teams, um, because Kale Flurry was Montreal Canadian, so he was in the division where you can only play Canadian teams, and uh, most of the Canadian teams were really bad. Um, so. Yeah. All right. Question three. In the preseason, what do you think the biggest position will be to watch? Um, goalies, maybe. I don't know a lot of the... Um, a lot of the a lot of the rookies this season but um goalies and also um some of the off season trades um because there were a lot um like Grubauer and uh Denault being traded to the Kings and all the 
new Avalanche players and um, especially how uh, Darcy Kemper plays because Darcy Kemper is Colorado's new uh, starting goalie and without Grubauer, it's just going to be a hard transition. And question number four, do you think there will be any teams that will be that will perform well in the preseason so they're that's so they might perform well in the regular season okay so if they perform well in the preseason will they perform well in the uh or the the season season um i don't know because some players they'll use in the preseason, they won't use in the season, so that could change everything. But with the Kraken, they have a lot of players that they want to keep. So that's kind of a wait and see. Yeah. Because the Baltimore Ravens have gone like... They have... If... In the last 20 preseason games, the Ravens have gone 20 and 0. Yeah. They would have won a Super Bowl with a perfect record if. Yeah. Which is crazy, but obviously in the season they have not gone 16 and 0. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of power play, and today it was a short hockey session, but with the hockey season ramping back up, we should get some more hockey, less baseball, and with the, next, a lot of cracking. with the next part we're going into, more football. So for the first week of the NFL season, the Seahawks will be playing the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts were contenders last year, and I actually I can't remember if they ended up winning the division or if the Titans did it, but I know that both teams made it to the playoffs. How about we go ahead and do a score prediction? Yes, that's actually... What I was going into. So I am going to predict that it's going to be 35 to 24. I think that Russell Wilson is going to connect with Tyler Lockett and Dwayne Eskridge early in the game with short passes to the outside with short crossing routes, which will benefit both Dwayne Eskridge and Tyler Lockett because they both are slot receive really good slot receivers. Um, with because Indianapolis is going to try and defend the deep pass, so mm-hmm. I believe that also Chris Carson will have a big game on in the running game, and DJ Dallas will have a big game in the passing game out of the backfield short dump offs where he can accelerate up the field like much like we did first week of the season with Chris Carson against the Falcons last year except this time it'll be DJ Dallas. Mm, okay. All right. Um okay, I I think I have mine now. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be 22 to 12 Colts. Uh the, the I don't think – I don't know. Uh, I I haven't seen the Seahawks really stun me yet, but I haven't seen all their star players play yet. Um, so I don't know. And the Colts are just bad. So, yeah. So you think the Colts will win? Yeah. I don't know. If this was second week, then I'd probably have a much easier time. 
but this is first week, so I'm, I don't know. The one concern for me with the Seahawks, though, is that they really don't – their cornerback game, they just traded away Akella Witherspoon, who I, who I was pumped to have at mm. the beginning of the season. I was excited that they signed him, and then they traded him to the Steelers for a fifth-round pick just recently. So – we don't have him, but we'll have Trey Brown and Trey Flowers and DJ Reed, who really performed well last year. So, and Ryan Neal, and I, I'm really excited about Ryan Neal and DJ Reed. I both, I think they both have tremendous potential as long as they both can stay healthy, and that's a big question mark in the NFL season. Because NFL football is a heavy contact game. And so, do you have any um, hot takes of who will perform well? Uh, I... I mean, maybe maybe Chris Carson because he's getting back from an injury, and he has. I, I think. I think he'll stun us again. Um. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson always does well. DK Metcalf is exceptional. Um. So yeah. I don't really know a lot of the defensive names, but usually the defense is pretty solid. Yeah, except for the first eight weeks of last season, but that's behind us now. Yeah. Um, but the one thing to watch out for, the offensive line last year allowed a lot of sacks. Part of that is because Russell likes to scramble his eggs. Oh, yeah. When he um when he cooks, because let Russ cook. Yep. And he scrambles out of the pocket. Um. Anyways, and the Colts had one of, if not the best defense last year. Mm. They had pretty steep competition with the Washington football team and the Steelers, but they were still, they still had a really good defense and they have Darius Leonard who can stop the run, but we have Bobby Wagner. So you want to watch out for the Indianapolis Colts defense, but that's why I think that the Seahawks will do good in the short pass game because that's what the Seahawks were doing with Geno Smith and Alex Magoo and um, Sean Sean Mannion in the preseason. They were doing short dump-offs to DJ Dallas and um, short passes, up-tempo, which is where Russell succeeds. And they were succeeding when they did that. So with star wide receivers and a star quarterback and – a star running back. Mm -hmm. It'll be tough to stop these first couple of weeks until they figure it out. And then we can go back to lobbing the ball down the field and then they'll figure that out. And hopefully the Seahawks will stay on their toes and be able to have a balanced offense. And if they're protecting the pass, the deep pass go underneath and run the ball a lot if they're protecting the run and the underneath pass, go over the top. If they're mm-hmm. protecting the underneath pass, just do what they are not protecting. And we have a good chance to win every game as long as our defense performs as well as they did the last eight, seven weeks of the season. All right, so welcome to Are You a Great Sport? Even though this has, it was not 
will not be released. Andrew won last time. So he gets to choose if he wants to ask the questions or answer the questions first. I'll ask it first. All right. Fire All right. Um, how many extra footballs does the referee need to have at each NFL game? Each referee? Uh, sorry, uh, the, uh, the referee staff, I should say. Okay. So, in total? Yeah. 210. Wow, that's a lot of footballs. Uh, 36. I was close on how many each person had to get. Yeah. I was estimating about 30 for each person. Uh, all right. All Who right. has the most Olympic medals? Michael Phelps? Yes. Yes. Um, who was the... Uh, who was the hockey player who threw the uh, silver medal into the crowd? Wow. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, guessing upset because yeah. they got the silver. Uh, Patrick Wall? No, it was Leas Anderson. Because, wait, he... Patrick was Canadian. He would probably, because you said U.S. hockey player, right? No, I just said hockey player. Oh, okay. Elias Anderson is uh, Swedish. Uh, what do you call the uh, NCAA? Uh, Hockey, uh, college hockey playoffs. Uh, NCAA H tournament. Uh, Frozen Four. Uh, okay. For, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Because in their NCAA basketball tournament. Um, the last four are called the final four, so the frozen. That. Mm -hmm. Okay, what is the NHL max roster size? Um, at so after all the cuts are made, or like. Uh, just, yeah, just, uh, for the regular season, what's the, uh, what's the max roster set? Um, let's see, so, there's usually, like, three lines, it's normally, uh, Thirty. Thirty? Yeah. Uh twenty-three. Um, and there are four lines actually. Four lines, okay. I was close. Or right, four lines four lines for offense, two lines for defense. Yes. And then two or three goalies. Uh-huh. And then a few extra. All right. Uh, that was five, right? Yep, that was number five. Cool. All right. And I got one point. One point. All right. 
Question one. What is the record for the most losses in a in one season in the NHL? Well, there's 82 games. Oh, wow. I didn't... Oh, my. They were really bad. Wow. Oh. <laughs> um, the Avalanche, I know, did really bad. They had, like, a 26-point season. And points... Two point each game. So, yikes. That's really bad. But that's probably not the worst one. I'm going to have to say... Seventy-three, seventy-one, by the San Jose. Oh my gosh, (laughs) I was too off. Oh, yikes! Okay. All right, continuing with the losses column. (laughs) Who? What? MLB team holds the record for the most losses? Please, uh, there's more than... I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there's more than 100 games in a season. The record for most losses, right? Yeah. Bonus point if you guess who the team was as well. Uh, I'm going to say 92 Cubs. 120 New York Mets. 120? Yep. They won 40 games. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know there were 160 games. 160. Oh, sorry. 42 wins. 42 wins. 162 games. Well, actually, it was 1962, so there it might have only been because oh. um, they added a couple extra games here in, like, in the 70s and stuff, so. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, the Mariners okay. in 2001 won 116 games. Wow. Um, which is tied okay. for the major league record. The Cubs won 116 games in 1906. Wow. Okay. All right. Question number three. What? Which pitcher in Major League Baseball holds the record for the most wins? Babe Ruth? No. Cy Young. At 511. Never heard of him. Probably because I don't know much about baseball, but that's fine. Okay. There's actually actually an award named after him. The Cy Young Award. Mm. It's for the best pitcher in baseball. Cool. All right. Two more tries. All right, question number four. True or false? Oh, 50-50 chance. Did Lamar Jackson get cut? That's which season? I mean, uh, he had to have gotten cut sometime. Uh, true. Correct. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. All right. I should ask, did Lamar Jackson get cut this year? Yeah, I probably would have said no, but he did, didn't he? Not the Lamar Jackson you're thinking of. Oh, is it a different Lamar Jackson? 
Yes, there's a Lamar Jackson that got cut by the New York Jets. Deceptions. Okay. All right. For the win, For last me. question. What is Wayne Gretzky's middle name? I have no clue, actually. Um, I don't know why, but I'm going to say Andrew. Douglas. Douglas? Okay. Interesting. Well, we're tied. You going into overtime? Yeah, let's do an overtime for the first time. Wow, okay. Sudden death. Okay. We are doing overtime. So we start off with three questions. And if... And it's a sudden death mode, so if someone gets one wrong and the other person gets it right, the person who got it right wins. So do you want to ask your first question first or answer? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask it first. Okay. Okay. Um, what jersey number was Yaramir Jagger? Hockey player. Who now? <laughs> yeah, Mary Jagger. Uh, he's a Pens player, but. I just Dang don't it. know what name you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you if you read it, it would look like Jaromir Jagger. It's pronounced Yaramir Jagger, so. I'm going to say 73. 68. Wow. I'll call it five. All right. Okay, one second. How old is the Michael Jordan that plays in the NFL? Michael Jordan played in the NFL. Of course he did. Um, I'm going to say 41. Wait, okay. Let me restate the question. How oh, wait, no. It was... Okay, so there's a Michael Jordan basketball, but there's also... Michael, Michael Jordan wouldn't Okay, I don't know why I thought he played in the NFL. Um, like, all right. Like, like okay, how many I'm gonna, Jackson Ravens. Well, does, yeah, does he play now, or do he used to play? He plays now. Okay, I'm going to say 37. Nope, 23. 23, okay. That's pretty young. Oh, by Michael Jackson. I was thinking Michael Jordan. Michael Jackson is... <laughs> I hope you accidentally delete this episode. Alright, my turn. Uh, <laughs> um... Okay, uh... Oh yeah. Um, in nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, in nineteen ninety-five. What position did Wayne Gretzky play? Uh, centerman. Correct. All right. So if you get this one wrong, I win. Okay. No pressure. Okay. What is the Baltimore Orioles record? Give me I'll give it to you if you give me either their win total wins this year or their total losses. Uh 
76. 76 what? Yeah, uh, I thought you would say either the ones or the losses. I'm going to say wins. Nope. They are 43 and 92. Yikes. Okay. All right. So that does it for today's episode. The good news is that Bretzky question. It was a very eventful episode. We covered a lot of really good topics. And for the first time ever, we had overtime in Are You a Good Sport? We <laughs> thank Anchor for making this podcast possible and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.